0: This is the Accounting Influencers Podcast with Rob Brown and Martin Bissick. With Rob Brown and Martin Bissick. Martin, the Countex just gets bigger and bigger, doesn't it? It does, it does, and it's the biggest, I'd say biggest show in Europe, and I'm thinking maybe the biggest show in the world. What we know, for sure, is the one-stop shop for digital and in-person events. With the following it's built over the years, Countex packed a punch that's with events that are dedicated to both the accounting and finance professions. Yeah, and it's all CPD accredited as well. They've got a virtual summit coming up 10th to 11th of November, which is free to attend. And they've got some interesting topics coming up there, haven't they? Digital assets, social mobility, future of cloud accounting, commercializing opportunities for NTD, penalty reform, not your normal lineup. Yeah, and it's all ramping up to the big event they've got going on in London at the Excel Arena. It's the largest in Europe, and if you want your CPD points, if you want to find out what's happening, don't forget to book that in your diary for the 11th and 12th of May. And there's a website they can go to, Martin. Yeah, accountex.co.uk, or indeed follow them on Twitter at @accountex. That's @accountex. Welcome to our interview for this week, and I'm thrilled to have with you today an old friend, Emma Crawford-Follicona from Ignition. For people that haven't come across you in Ignition, tell us a little bit about your world.
1: Yeah, sure. So um, Ignition, as we're now known, you probably would have noticed there's been a bit of a rebrand recently, which we can we can talk about later on if we want to. Um, it's basically the world's first client engagement and commerce platform for professional services. So we focus on that relationship that you build with your clients, not just when you first engage them, but the ongoing relationship as well. And then how that how we can automate that relationship, make it the best experience for your client and for yourself. Personally, I head up the EMEA team, um, which is super exciting. I am an escaped accountant um, for my sins. (laughs) Um, So I stopped practicing around 10 years ago now, um, but but been been in the industry with senior leadership roles at zero over in New Zealand, and then moved back to the UK to take this role with with Ignition um, in 2020, which was terrible timing with the pandemic.
0: Well, I'm a former high school maths teacher. I observe from afar how much the teaching game has changed. Has the accountancy well changed since you left the ranks?
1: Oh, honestly, Rob, it's it's like chalk and cheese. And one of the things that people always say to me is, you know, coming from particularly a smaller country population-wise like New Zealand. And obviously that's where, really, that's where cloud accounting software was born with zero, or the way that we yeah. come to know it now, and the way that other other cloud accounting softwares or fintech has have developed since that. It was it was born in New Zealand all those years ago. So and people always say to me, Oh, does it feel like you know the UK is so much further behind New Zealand? And I would actually say no, it's not like that at all. We just have very unique, I guess, challenges with the way the industry run is run here. And, and a lot of that is to do with the size, the size of our industry versus, you know, like New Zealand, for example. Um, but definitely going away and coming back, there were some shocks. I always tell people like when I moved back and I, I'd kept one bank account going because I'm a British citizen, so I didn't want to, you know, cut all ties, but opening up bank accounts and, and getting mortgages and things like that when we came back over to the UK. It just seemed very old-fashioned. Like I was asked if I wanted a checkbook, I couldn't. You know, I couldn't tell you the last time I'd used cash. Even when I was like, it's very much a cashless society in New Zealand, and and to come back and be offered a checkbook and be told, no, no, if you want to get a taxi, you need cash because actually a lot of them still don't take card. It was a bit. It was quite mind blowing, and that obviously then has. Roll on effect to the industry because of as accountants, we don't want to necessarily um, I guess, isolate ourselves or, or pigeonhole ourselves to work with only certain type of clients, unless that's our strategy and our plan in our firm. So I guess it does mean that we are a bit bulkier, a bit bigger, but, but the adoption of technology is huge. From when I left to, to to now, um, I think one of the big things for me is when I left um because of I, I was I moved to New Zealand because of the role with zero. No one knew what zero was. No one really knew what everyone thought, oh you're still you're just gonna be an accountant, right? But in New Zealand. So it's like no no I'm going into fintech. And people kind of looked at me funny. Whereas now coming back, you see it everywhere. You see um, all of the big fintech um companies advertising on you know primetime tv slots with tvc's you see them on billboards everyone who is in the industry is at least aware of your top 3 players
0: so you say industry a lot do you see it as an accounting industry or an accounting profession and a fintech industry
1: yeah it's it's an interesting one i i do see it as an industry and I, and i see it as more of like an accounting and bookkeeping industry together um which is probably quite um could be um i guess controversial
0: what makes it an industry,
1: Emma? Um, I think for me, it's because of it's it's more than just the individual profession and the day to day engagement. For example, between an accountant who's you know in the accounting profession and is a chartered accountant or a non chartered or a bookkeeper um, and their client is is so much more than that, right? What makes it an industry is for them to be able to have that touch points. They have to depend on fintech or they choose to depend on FinTech and they choose to gather, you know, build up those connections, that network around them to be able to benefit their client. It's no longer a, okay, I'm gonna go and see my accountant. So I'm gonna walk into the high street accounting firm sit down and we're going to get a calculator out and a pen and paper and all you know our old work papers and then we're going to physically sign so I think for me what makes it an industry is there's a dependency on technology and there's a dependency on other people and there's also a cross-collaboration between you know bookkeepers accountants you know people who are in industry finance banking all of the government yeah
0: you've argued that pretty well I I understand that
1: <laughs> what would you say
0: Well, when you talk to accountants who have sweated blood and tears to get their qualifications, they like to generally see themselves on a par with lawyers and doctors and those kind of people. So they would claim to be professional and thus be part of a profession. But when we speak to people on the show from all over the world, particularly in North America, they see it as an industry. They don't really call it a profession. Perhaps in the UK, we're a little bit more snobbish and would deem it to be a profession. I'm only a part qualified accountant, so I don't really have a say in it. But uh, for the sake of good order, as we say here in Britain, we uh, we call it a professional just to keep some cohort a bit happy. But whatever we call it, we can't deny that there's been a lot of change and a lot of disruption over the last few years, not just through COVID, but the sheer pace of change of technology. Do you want to speak into that a little bit? What have you observed?
1: Yeah, I think, I think observations have been very much... I mean, I find this a really exciting time. So I was talking to someone the other day and they'd actually done some market research and I'm not going to mention too much about that because it's not my work and I don't want to steal their funder.
0: Will it come out in the public domain at some point?
1: It will do, yes. It will will come from Iris. But, you know, um, you know, they, they've got some really great market research that they've done there and they're looking at prior to COVID, during the pandemic and then post the pandemic and the way that firms see themselves when it comes to utilising technology. So they use certain terminology. Again, it's not I don't want to take the wind out of their sails. It's very much their work. and But they, they did speak about this recently on their roadshow that they've they, they done around the UK and seeing the shift now of people's thought process of where and remember you're always going to be very subjective when you're going to talk about your own firm right so you're always going to be thinking okay well no I want to be one of those early adopters no I want to be you know digitalized a fully digitalized practice and you never want to call someone else's baby ugly either so it was interesting to see the percentages of people that would call their firm fully digitalized versus people who said yeah we're getting there like we might have, for example, bookkeeping software to automate some of those manual tasks, but we've still got a way to go. And then you had people that were very much kind of, no, you know, we're happy, we're set, we're in our ways, we're we we're, we're okay with desktop software. That's still software, but it's still technology. You know, we're happy with doing it how we were and, and doing manual processes. Now, the shift that they'd shown was was quite significant in the fact that. Obviously, as we would expect due to the pandemic, right, all of a sudden our our hands were forced. We had to be able to work anywhere, anytime on any device um, and and have the flexibility as well. Um, And also the ability to, to be able to do that work in an efficient way because our clients needed us more than ever. And I'm saying us because I've still got my accountant. I'm I'm an accountant at heart. Um, But they did really need us more than ever, right? So it was all of a sudden, okay, well, we need to adapt. And what we're doing is we're surviving. We're making sure our clients survive. Whereas now, why I think it's so exciting is because of by doing that what it done is it shifted a lot of firms that were maybe on the more of the no we're happy how we are it's working maybe the desktop's like or we'll get to it like we do want to digitalize but we've got you know like a five six seven year plan we'll get there when we can it forced their hand so now out the other end what we've got is a lot of firms yes there's been some moved up to now calling themselves fully digitalized but a lot of the firms now are saying we're sitting in that middle ground and we're not sure like we again we've we've survived so does thriving now mean that we have to go fully digitalized or you know what's the next catastrophe that's going to happen how do we future-proof in other ways as well not just looking at technology that's been the biggest shift i would say from pre-pandemic during pandemic and post pandemic is just there's been a significant movement again in the industry when, when we're talking about firms of going along that technology adoption journey But rather than as we've always seen us moving across that technology adoption journey, we're actually doing it in bulk. So the industry is doing it in bulk. We've seen, you know, these late majority, for example, really having to move a bit quicker.
0: There's no doubt we've seen an acceleration of adoption of change in accounting firms. My question now is who's driven that agenda? Because we hear of the vendors pushing the digital agenda. We hear clients now saying to their accounting advisors, hey, we need this, this, and this. We want to be in the cloud. We want this kind of advice. Or is it the accounting firms themselves that have woken up to say, hey, our old model of Excel spreadsheets and checkbooks and the old ways of doing things on paper is not working. We need to digitalize. Who's driving the change?
1: You know, well, I genuinely think it's a multi-faceted approach. Like, yes, you know, the vendors have been talking about it for years, but also as a vendor, we've got our own intent. We're running a business ourselves. And yes, we're providing value, but we're always going to have that narrative. And regardless of whether or not, well, we yeah, have, we've seen it does work right. We've got we've got the proof, but we're always going to kind of sing that, you know, ad- adopt the technology now, do it quickly, do it, do it fast. This is what you need. So there is an element of that, which is kind of probably got the ball rolling. You're always going to have, I guess, what we call early adopters or the accountants that want always looking for change. Like they just thrive on it. Quite often you'll see it might be younger, younger or it could be anyone, to be honest. But um, so you you do get the the drive from the accountants themselves. Of course, the clients, especially over the pandemic, it was it was the clients that that really kind of said, you know, we need this, we need this help, we need to be able to, you know, still work with you over the likes of video calls, and we need to be able to e-sign things, we need to do things via email, etc. So, and we need to do it efficiently, are definitely the clients, and also with the clients piece, even pre-pandemic, what you were finding is just in general, the world is becoming more accepting outside of the industry as well, with the use of technology, we're more accepting of entrepreneurial thought processes, we're, we're more encouraging of people going out on their own, like, we have this whether it's right or wrong, this kind of hustle mentality that's really come to fruition over the last 10 years in different generations. So them as clients as well, they're creating their own businesses, which means You know, there's there's more clients for firms to be able to service out there, but these clients then come with the expectation that they can work a certain way with accountants. And because they're using technology to run their business, they want to be able to use technology to be able to work with their accountant as well. So that was definitely a big piece. The bit that I'm going to call out that you didn't mention there as well, Rob, is and I, I think is really changing it, is new people coming up through the profession.
0: The younger generation.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And this makes me feel really old now saying this. (laughs) I'm at that point in life where I can say, you know, the younger generation. (laughs) Uh, um, But yeah, you know, again, there's expectations. And this is probably back in the day, one of the reasons why I was tempted to to leave the accounting industry as an accountant or the the accounting profession, let's say. Because, you know, I loved working with clients. I loved the whole the consultative approach. Um, I loved helping businesses thrive. But to get to that point, I even though there was technology out there at this time, at this stage, there was still an expectation that you would do X amount of years even after you know qualifying. And there was still an expectation that you had to learn everything manually. And there was still an expectation that you had to, would I say, earn your stripes rather than allowing people that were, you know, say better um, with people and I remember having a story once, and I I wasn't in a firm like this, and in a big firm like this, there was a, one of my peers who I went to university with who was saying they were not allowed to pick up the phone to speak to a client until the end of their second year. Wow! And stuff like that, it does, it it did, you know, it can put people off. And and
0: let's train you to a desk for ten to fifteen years, and you might make partner if you're lucky.
1: Exactly, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. And and that's how it is. And do you know what? Actually, sometimes that is still happening. It definitely was pre-pandemic. So, I think the the profession and the industry had to change as well because we want to. Keep keep the talent and firms need to keep their talent. I do a lot around lean efficiency and stuff. And one of the biggest um, or the most inefficient uh, practices that you can have is underutilized talent. So, yes, I think that's really shifted.
0: How have the vendors in tech and software themselves changed? Because there's such a fast moving pace of technology, as we've alluded to, but we're seeing different strategies from vendors. Some are making the accountants the hero of the story. Some are marginalizing them and trying to get to the data and the clients directly. What's your take on that?
1: Yeah, I think it's really interesting. And there's definitely not a a one size fits all. I think it depends the offering that that you're giving. It depends, you know, who your ideal customers are as well. So as an example, um, I can just talk from an ignition point of view. We're very much, you know, customer centric, customer focused. Are we adding value? For us, it's more about product-led growth. So, you know, if we're giving people what they need and we're adding value and we're making their life easier and we're making that connection between you know, why not? it's going to sound cheesy now, Rob, but we're igniting that spark.
0: See what you did there. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, um, with the excitement and the energy of, you know, that client accountant or client bookkeeper, client professional relationship. It's almost like there isn't really... Like that, that is the foundation of everything we do. However, like like you say, looking then at bookkeeping software, there's so many different strategies. So, and it depends where in the world you are, which is something that I've noticed. And even within similar software, so it could be the fact that, like you say, they're champion and partnering with the accountant, which actually means. It's a selling through channel, so I, I think there's no right or wrong as long as businesses are approaching it with like the greater goods as as an end goal. So business gets easier to be done, and it's helping and it's a solution. Then I think yeah, it's interesting to see all of the different approaches. I don't think anyone's ever nailed it.
0: Mm. Talk to us about the M and A activity in the industry because. Mergers and acquisitions. we have seen it a lot with accounting firms. We're seeing it with the vendors. We're starting to see it with accounting firms merging with fintech and software vendors. We're starting to see private equity and venture capital money coming in. You know about that at Ignition. You've had a, a big injection of cash, which has taken you to another level. So talk to us about how the, the fintech and software industry is handling all of that.
1: Do you know what? I find this really intriguing. It's almost like the floodgates have opened over the last couple of years and And again, I I don't know, do you think that would be potentially related to the pandemic? What are your thoughts on that, Rob?
0: Who knows? We talk a lot, Martin, Bissett and I, on the news of various acquisitions that have taken place. Some of them are a little off the charts, like Intuit and MailChimp. So we know things are going on. We then analyze the news and say, here's what it means to you accounting practitioners. Here's why you should take notice of this. But certainly, there's a lot of consolidation, a lot of movement and a lot of M&A activity. So... I don't know. One big box suite that does it all, or a best-in-class variety of applications that will do it for you. All of these arguments come into play, don't they?
1: Yeah, I, I think I think what we're going to end up with is more down the second route. So we've got you know a best-in-class box of, of, of like of applications. So I find it really interesting because you look at a couple of the recent ones, so accountancy manager as an example and Centre.
0: Yeah, with Bright Group. Yeah.
1: So that they're they're really good examples, right? So you know, Centre and accountancy manager, we both know what part of the industry they play in so it's really interesting that we've got two bigger groups then acquiring similar products or it's not the same product you know what I mean but similar solutions like playing in the same part of the market so for me I mean from a vendor perspective you know you look at zero. there was very very a little MA action whilst I was there and it was just starting to kick off I think a year and a half after I left as we really started turning into that the more of the corporate global entity because again it gets to a, a stage where you can't build for everything and that's where we sit within that technology world you can't build for everything, no matter how much injection of cash you've got you can't tick every box so when it makes sense it makes sense to make those right m um, and um, I guess calls I also don't want to go too much into some of it, but like for me, what's interesting, and you called this out as well, is seeing accountancy firms starting to merge, like smaller accounting firms. So it's always very much been a, oh, okay, there's an acquisition or a bigger one, or maybe there's been like two large ones from a group that have decided to break away and merge into one. Like it makes sense. But what I'm seeing now more and more of is on the smaller end of the, of, of the scale, small to medium sized practices, starting to buy out other small to medium sized practices. And I think a lot of that goes back to that, the discussion that um, I kind of called out around, you know, the, the the next generation. So we do have these in the UK, especially like we have a lot of kind of sole traders or maybe you know two partner firms, um, like also two partner firms down to sole traders, where they're at the stage where they are, you know, they're on the cusp of retiring. Do they really want to go through the pain of a full transformation, or is it easier just to kind of sell out and let someone else do that? And the people that are buying or the people that are acquiring these firms have seen, because they've gone through that transformation themselves, they've seen how profitable it can be to take a firm like that with a really good client book and really good services and, and you know, the loyalty and the credibility as well that a lot of these firms have and be able to just make small tweaks, even if that's putting it through a different process or putting it through a different technology um, system and seeing like really quickly the, the, the huge increase on, on margin that they can be getting. So,
0: it's all going on. And speaking of all going on, it was Practice Ignition and now it's Ignition. How has the rebrand gone for you and what was the thinking behind it? Because you were involved in that.
1: Yes, yes, most definitely. And uh, it was quite interesting, actually, because we were, we were going to, this is a little behind the scenes insight, we were going to launch the rebrand towards the end of last year. And we ended up pushing it back. And I'm telling everyone it's because we were waiting for me to come back from maternity leave because the day I came back, is the day we launched it, that's rubbish. Of course it wasn't that. (laughs)
0: Like you have that kind of power.
1: (laughs) I, I wish, I wish. Um, no, but it, it was great to still be able to because of again, it was it's been literally twelve months worth of worth of the whole branding work, but five years worth of the product work that kind of has got us to this position where you know the product is 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 a star. We've got customer advocacy now across the globe. Um, you know, we've identified. Um, different areas to continue to help the customers So payments being one of it revenue management being being a side as well and it just made sense for us to you know we've grown up as a business we've expanded we had a really good series b and that's when i joined after the series b and it just made sense with the numbers that we were seeing with the footprint that we had and with the product that we had we needed to grow up as a brand as well like we had been growing up as a business so for me like when we hit series b that's when we went from startup to scale up now we're very much established kind to scale up to mature in business and continuing to grow and we still got that that fun exciting side which is that fast-paced scale
0: and you mentioned earlier about automating relationships with your platform can you really automate relationships because people might think they're personal it's about the people you can't automate something like that
1: yeah well no see I I to me, it's not necessarily automated, like you you don't need to tie automation in with okay, you know, it's no longer personable because of that to me is you know, that's that's not two different things. I'm putting this into a really basic form. If I was going to have that outlook, I'd be thinking, well, what's the difference then with me walking over to my, I don't know, my device and pressing play on a button rather than me saying, hey Google, can you play X song? For me, automation and being personable, like it doesn't have to be two separate things. So when I think about, you know, voice controls that we have maybe around our homes now, that doesn't make it any less personal. In fact, I'd probably argue the opposite if I'm asking Siri or someone to to go and turn my lights on rather than me walking over and pressing a cold wall switch. So it's the same with that relationship between your your prospects and your clients and you as their trusted advisor. So having the technology, it doesn't replace the personal relationship and the trust that you have with that client. For me, it actually makes it stronger. So It gives visibility as a first one. So when you're looking at Ignition, things such as, you know, being able to clearly see engagement letters on your desktop, being able to sign it, being able to have that platform for you to communicate with your customer or your prospect without having for them to travel each time and put a couple of pounds in the parking meter to park up and then see you. And then they've got to take time off work. Like there's a big difference. So it's, It's all about for me. It's all about how you can build in automation to make sure that the client experience is the best for them, whilst it's also working and maximizing your output as a firm.
0: Nicely coined. You're a strong female voice in the industry. You have a part to play on that. You feel it's a crusade of yours. We did an interview just recently with Professor Anton Lewis. He's a a vanguard of black accounting. And we talked a lot about disenfranchised minorities and prejudiced groups. Women came into the conversation. There are not many in the accounting and fintech. Give us your thoughts on women in accountancy and fintech and those kind of awards and how that's all playing out, Emma.
1: Yeah, do you know what I could I'm not going to, but I could I could sit here talking to you for hours on this.
0: I really <laughs> I know it's a passion of yours, and it should
1: be. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, look, we have come a long way as an industry. When I again, when I compare before I left, like 10 years ago, um, to coming back into the UK, we have come a long way in the right direction with regards to all biases uh, that are involved in this industry but not just in the industry in the general population and they're reflected then in the industry we still have a hell of a long way to go and i see this all the time and the way that i best put it when i'm looking at the uk accounting and bookkeeping industries is yes there are strong intelligent successful leaders and business owners within the industry what you will find is they're normally down the, the smaller end of firms and bookkeeper um companies and the reason being is because normally they've started up in one of the bigger end companies but they haven't got the flexibility that they need so they've got all of the talent they've got all of the ability they've got the experience but actually maybe they've gone and they've had children or you know they've got something else in their life that's also a priority and then we're seeing like this influx of of, you know senior executive women doing their own thing and starting their own businesses because it gives them the, the life balance that they need and as much as you know taking nothing away from men um and, and and parents of any type unfortunately well it's not unfortunately just it's life the, the 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 most the most um i guess when you're looking at bringing children up as an example the duty of care does mainly fall on the mother just the fact you know just even the nine months of you you growing them if that's the way that you've gone about having children so so it's um it's, it's an interesting one like I'm definitely seeing more support within the industry a lot more allies so like yourself and Martin as an example I know you feel you know you ally a lot of minorities as well we're doing something, but we're getting there. And as part of that, right, that's one of the reasons why we've been um, now five years um, celebrating Women in Accounting through the Ignition Women in Accounting Awards. So um, our entries have just closed for that. Um, I'm on the judging panel this year and I've already started judging through the first batch and I'm blown away. Like I literally had to have my t- my box of tissues next to me and it was just amazing. Just seeing the story and some of the adversity but also like how how people have gone through that adversity and raised others and ensure that that's not impacted others and put a stop to it and called out you know these biases that along the theme of hashtag breaking the bias so yeah it's it's a really it's a really good initiative um i'm i'm privileged to be on the judging panel but i think as an industry we've got a long way to go and we just need to continue talking about it and and breaking down the barriers and you know normalizing the fact that it's an issue and we're going to work towards it as as a team
0: keep on rolling with that anton lewis said at the conclusion of his interview about blacks and minorities in accounting that the best thing we can do is keep talking because the more talking it creates change and it changes Uh, prejudices and gets over the stale male and pale type heritage of accounting and, and, and even fintech. So it's great what you're doing. Just in closing, Emma, we'll put your contact details in the show notes. You're a great partner of the show. It's great to have Ignition on board with us. Tell us what's coming up for Ignition over the next year or two.
1: Oh my gosh. So there, there is so much coming. Up. Obviously, we've had our new branding that's been rolled out. So um, we're really just, you know, go riding off the momentum of that. We've got lots of events coming up that we're going to be at. So anyone head into Accountex, um, I'll be seeing you there. We've got workshops that we're doing with partnership um, with, with partners across the year. Um, and, and the best thing is we've 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 already grown our team, and I'm, I'm about to start another round of hiring as well. So hopefully we'll be able to get out on the road and actually start seeing more people now finally we're allowed to and we're not all yeah. locked away <laughs>
0: yes and in terms of uh, Ignition as a brand what would accounting practitioners listening to the show and we've got almost 25,000 of them in the UK and the US, what kind of things might they be asking themselves that would warrant a conversation with somebody from Ignition
1: yeah that, that's a really good way to put it actually for me it's more around you know if you're thinking about how you can I'm using the word automate, but how you can make it easier to win clients and how you can make it easier to continue engaging with your valued customers. If you want some insights and in what works and, and how Ignition can help you do that, then I'd reach out and, and, and just have a chat. Um, Again, no obligation. You could start a trial. Um, and likewise, on, on the other side of that, one of the big things that we've seen, which is why, you know, there was such a demand increase across the pandemic is you know with your with your valued clients all, or with all of your clients you know being able to then bill and collect the revenue utilizing this one system um, again if you want to get paid easily or, or easier um, come and have a chat to us as well yeah
0: what's coming up for the accounting industry you talked about what's happening in fintech and for the vendors What should they be mindful of? Because they've been through a lot of changes. The more of it coming or will things calm down a little bit? What's your predictions?
1: So I think we're at that tipping point. So as I said, I feel like we've had that that pressure put onto us to maybe move a bit quicker when it comes to changes. I think what we're at now is, People in um, firms in the industry can either go left and continue the, on that that change management and that that continuous cycle of of improvement, or people will identify a different goal that maybe isn't along that improvement and that growth line that they're going to go down that route as well. So I think I think we could potentially see a bit of a split in in the two choices there. So people that are going to ride the wave, the momentum, the continuous um, the change piece, or people who are going to say actually. I'm happy with where I'm at, but I'm going to I'm going to focus on this because this is what makes me, this is what my goal is.
0: Exciting times, huh?
1: Definitely. Yeah. I'm honestly I'm looking forward to it and I'm really looking forward to summer as well.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Emma Crawford Follow from Ignition. It's been so great to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for your passion and your insights.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Rob. It's been a real pleasure.
0: This is the Accounting Influencers Podcast with Rob Brown and Martin Bissett.